What's going on, boys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of Eating Shit. If you're new here, the point of the show is to quickly come on here once a week and share the lessons that I've learned with you guys in real time so you don't have to make the same dumbass mistakes that I have. Stupid. Or just learn from my experiences in general. If the episode provided value for you, share the show on your story or send it to someone you think would benefit from it. Also, throw up a five-star review on the podcast app if you're listening on there or thumbs up on YouTube if you're watching to help me out with the organic reach. So couple lessons this week uh the first one kind of funny uh i don't know if it's valuable at all because there's not really eh, there might be a lesson with it but um so we have this airbnb that's about to go live it's a new construction project that's like years over the timelines (laughs) and uh hundreds of thousands over budget as they are uh it's our first new construction deal um learned a lot through it and by I, I didn't even say we learned a lot, but by we, I mean uh, Wes, because I haven't really done shit with it. But um, yeah, we're going to keep it. We were going to just build it and sell it, but we're partnered with our GC on that one. And we're going to keep it and do Airbnb. Um, I think it's going to do really, really well. But we're like at the finish line. Like it's done. We got the thing furnished. Like all the shit was in there. And uh, someone broke into it late last week and like had a party just two people. So, um, I think there was a window left open because there's no forced entry, which is actually, I mean, if someone's going to break in, they, I'd rather have them do that than like break a window or fuck up the door jams or something. So there's actually no damage. Um, but they did steal, steal some stuff that was brand new and hasn't even been used yet. And they left a bag of meth behind, which I think is really hilarious. Uh, like a literal bag of meth. And so, yeah, I don't think anything's really going to come of it. And apparently they didn't steal like anything, like maybe less than a thousand bucks worth of shit. And there's 50 grand worth of personal property in there uh, on both sides. So um, not too bad, but just a good example of eating shit. Um, Have to reframe it though, because yeah, like stuff like that happens. Not the first time we've had a property broken into, likely won't be the last, uh, but you know what? At least we have properties to break into. So that's the reframe there. Um, you can always look at the bright side on things and, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Stuff can get replaced. Um, it just is a bummer that it happens. You have to deal with it uh, and it delays the project even more. Um, but for, you know, all things remaining equal, really not that big of a deal, but just kind of funny. Just the bag of meth part. I think that's fucking hilarious. But um, so, yeah, there's a little tweaker party going on. And I, I guess I didn't go over there. I should have and, and filmed it, but we're busy here and Wes was freaking out about it. But um, he went over there and he said, like, you could see that they were like using the couch and the shower and stuff like that. So a uh, little meth party going on. Good example of eating shit. Uh, lesson there would be put a fucking security system on the properties, which we were supposed to have on there, but it didn't get put on. But um, yeah, lesson learned there. Uh, deeper lesson than that while I was planning for this podcast a little bit ago, I was just thinking about, you know, some conversations that I've had. That's usually where a lot of the lessons come from, unless it's like an obvious thing, like a meth party in your Airbnb. But, um, you know, I was assigning this deal. I guess that was late last week. I think it was like Thursday or Friday last week after I dropped last week's episode of this podcast. And, uh, I was walking this property with a buyer and, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting just to see like the differences, even within the same exact business model that, that you're in, people always have differences and people always do things a little bit differently. 
um, for better and for worse. And just the example here is like, you know, you, you can always do things differently and, you know, increase efficiencies and stuff like that. And that's just a super general example, um, was this guy's rehab costs. And for this house that I was walking, it's a pretty heavy rehab. Um, we would have spent somewhere between 60 and 70 in this house, uh, at least 60 for what he's planning on doing to it. And, you know, I asked him because I have heard from him before how cheap his rehab costs are. I was like, what do you think you'll spend on a, uh, on this place? And he was like, eh, probably about 40. And, you know, at first glance, it doesn't sound like that big of a difference, but that's, you know, a third difference, 33% his rehab costs are less than ours for the same work in the same market in the same business. Like that's fucking huge. You know how many more deals we could have gotten if our rehab costs were, you know, only 66% of what they actually are. Like it, it's crazy. So, you know, not that we, I mean, we probably are doing some things wrong. You know, you can't say like, you can't use the yeah, but mentality with, with, when you hear stuff like that, because if he's doing it, like we can do it too. I've got kind of the same lesson. I saw this, this place in Huffacre here in Reno listed, we offered on it. And the thing was, it was a heavy rehab. Like it was full of mold, it was full rehab and stuff. And it was on MLS. This was like over a year ago and we offered on it. We lost. And then someone bought it and I just saw it get relisted like three weeks later, literally. And my mind was blown when that happened because it was such a big job. I was like, how the fuck did they already finish this? And full rehab, like they didn't, they didn't, well, I don't know. I didn't walk it. So I can't say the quality of the work or anything. But what I'm saying is like, they didn't just not do the kitchen or not do this, not do that. It was new kitchen, new bathrooms, roof, full flip, 21 days. And I ended up talking to this guy's agent a little bit later. And she was like, yeah, he actually had that done a week sooner, but we wanted him to wait to list it because it was like too fast, you know? And I was like, yeah, I was fucking mind blown. Um, but seeing things like that, I remember that specific example. I, that's when we were still flipping. I head up West and, you know, I'm not a rehab guy. I don't handle any of that shit. So it's kind of like, you know, I feel sort of out of place pushing back on stuff like that, but just need to do it more. And I was like, hey, like, I'm not saying we're doing anything wrong, but like, look what this guy just did. Like, we can definitely do this shit faster. And then same with this buyer from last week. It's like, he's doing it cheaper. So, you know, if we get back into flipping, like we can definitely do it cheaper. And then even with this buyer that I was talking to last week, you know, he brought up the example of how much better his crews are right now than they have been in the past, just from like the management side of things. So he said that he's spending so much less time checking in on these jobs because like, you know, his, the guy that's running, he has a couple of different crews, but the guy that's running this specific crew that he kind of ran me through, um, how fast they do things. He's like, dude, it's just, they're just awesome. Like it seemed like before every single flip that we did, I'd have to go and be like, redo this, redo this, redo this. And this guy just like nails it on the first try. You know, it's so much better and easier for him. And he's not paying any more than he used to pay with the crew that was shittier, which is still less than we pay, you know, for ours. So that's just a lesson for us. It's like, even all things remaining the same, same business model, same market, same exact job, we can still do things differently. And, um, we should be looking at that. And I know like in the past, especially with some of our, you know, later flips before we stopped flipping, 
uh, Steve, guy that works for us, was our project manager on that. And he's really not like a, he's not a trained project manager, but one of the main roles of being a project manager, like when Wes used to work for Wedgwood, what he was doing, they were always bidding new people, new subcontractors on every single job. One, to keep building your vendor list, but two, um, to try to get the, the right pricing. And when you have someone in that role that might be good at like managing the actual project, Steve hates that part of the job. So he never bids new people because, you know, we have these people that can do fine work and, you know, we know their pricing, which is all well and good, but we're probably overpaying by not always getting new people in the game, not building those new relationships that we might be able to use in the future if these guys are too busy or whatever. So, you know, that's just a lesson learned on our part, um, that we need to be doing that stuff. And, you know, not just for rehab, that can be applied to every single part of the business. It's like, how are we doing things and how can we do it for cheaper, do it faster, um, just in, increase efficiency here and there. And like, when you make those small tweaks over the entire business, the thing runs so much better than it used to when everything was just chaos. So it's a, it's an ongoing battle. We're always moving towards that point. It's not going to be an overnight thing, but it is, you know, something to keep in mind, no matter what you're doing is that like, you can't ever just like start doing something, build something. And then just, it's like set it and forget it forever. It's always going to keep working exactly how you want. Um, there's never a better way to do it. Like it's always ongoing and trying to improve those things. Um, and then kind of the inverse of that actually is, you know, it's still, I don't know if it's really the inverse, but it's just thinking about different ways to do things. And I was, I was thinking of an example of this, uh, group that we kind of model our model after, and they're really known for their systems and processes. And I was watching some of their disposition stuff, um, this week, because that's what I'm mainly doing at the company right now is the whole disposition role, just selling all the wholesale deals to the buyers. And like our dispo process is pretty good. Like it's way more dialed than it used to be. We used to not even have a process at all. So now it's a lot better. Um, you know, we're making more money for the deals. We're letting more, we're, we're always getting new buyers in the door. Same thing I was just talking about with the vendors and the contractors, always building the buyers list, even though we have like a big buyers list, uh, locally here, but we're always trying to get new people on it because you never know who that next buyer is going to be that can pay more than anyone else for whatever reason, many reasons. Um, but what I saw how they treat their dispo is just like on another level from what I'm doing. And there's no way I could do this all by myself. So again, you know, they used to not treat it like this and then they started wholesaling more just like we did. And then they're like, Oh shit, we need to like rebuild our whole disposition department, all the processes, all the systems, everything about how we do it. And so now they're putting in actually like more effort. So if you just look side by side, like, I guess you could say that ours is more efficient because like it's not as much effort, it's not as much time and we're still selling the deals, but because they do this extra effort, I can guarantee you that if we did that, like our average wholesale fee would go way up because they're so focused on building the buyers list. You know, they have three different roles, you know, two VA roles and then the disposition manager um, just to build the buyers list and then 
you know, really being intentional and calling every single person on the buyer's list every time they have a deal and just like banging the phones way harder than I can on my own. So again, something, something for us to, to move towards, but always just like, uh, I think that's kind of a, a no ego thing too. Like I am very well aware that I'm not the smartest person in the room. And if I was, I don't want to be in that room anyway. And there's many, many, many other people that do things much better than I do. And I don't need to reinvent the real, the wheel to be successful and rich. Uh, I just need to copy what other people do. Uh, but you also have to be open enough to see those differences and make those changes and just swallow it and say like, Oh, like I'm actually not that good. That's way better than what I'm doing. Let's go after that. Um, so hopefully you guys can, uh, you know, whatever, if you're flipping wholesaling or just whatever, that applies to everything. It's not just, you know, I'm obviously just using examples that apply to our business all the time because that's where I'm getting the lessons. But you can take that same exact idea and, uh, and apply it to any business that you're in. It's the same shit. Um, small wins this week. Uh, that deal that I was talking about that I walked with this buyer ended up assigning it to him. Um, so that was good. We gave him a layup deal on that one. So it didn't go out to our whole buyers list because he was super, super close on um, – another deal. And then just like improving our process, we're like, okay, let's give him a layup on this one because he only got beat by a thousand dollars on like two deals ago. And we don't want to like, you know, it's so relationship based that we don't want to give that impression that we're just like nickel and diming every fucking buyer in town for a thousand bucks. Like if it was up to me, like, I don't give a fuck, but it's, you know, our acquisition manager works on commission. I work on commission and I have to do what's right for the company. So we have to take the highest offer, but I could see, you know, being a buyer, you know, it's like, Oh, I offered this much. And then they just went to another buyer for a thousand more. The last thing we want to do is have people in town be like, Oh, fuck those guys. And then they, they don't, you know, make offers or come see the properties when we do have open houses and they're available to everyone because they think that, Oh, well, we're just going to get beat out by a thousand bucks. So that's a, a reason why we did that for him. And he ended up taking it. Um, so to sign DMDs in, uh, just a waiting game now. So that's good. Always good to have assigned deals in the pipeline and not just contracts because contracts are pretty worthless if you cannot sell them to other buyers in a wholesaling business. So, that about wraps it up for this episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to share the show. That's all I ask. Um, you know, if you get value out of it, share it for me. And uh, we will see you next week.